you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. People, people podcast. We're here and we Ooh. are ready to go. Hey. And to all our listeners from the bottom of my heart, welcome to our welcoming episode. <laughs> oh, nicely done. Wow. Well played. It's so great that you're here. I'm glad to. What? Well, I'm not glad to see you because I can't see you. I'm not glad to hear you because I'm glad to be heard by you. Well, that just sounds Less welcoming more. <laughs> Here I am. Thank you for welcoming <laughs> us into your ear holes. Yeah. How's yeah. that? I mean, that was a that was a welcome. It I don't know if it was a warm welcome, but it was definitely a welcome. It's and good. for and for those who are new, I'm Graham. That was David and M and Britt. Good one. Yeah. Just so you know. I think Dad's just trying to maintain some deniability for my introduction <laughs> so that he doesn't get blamed for my small talk. <laughs> Just so we're clear, I'm not David. I, I am David. <laughs> and Dave loves small talk, so way to go, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Singing us off with a bang. Um, yeah. how, how is everyone? How are your days? Britt, you're waiting for your lunch? I am. I was just talking about how I've commissioned my sister to be almost like an Uber Eats driver. I, um, she's picking up my lunch for me very kindly and I gave her an extra couple of dollars as incentive to go and pick it up for me. <laughs> Which, she didn't ask for that. I just threw it in as a, I'm appreciative. No, no. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, good. Yeah. Hopefully she buys a treat for herself with it. Maybe yeah. she'll get some lunch. I hope she uses that $3 well. <laughs> I Buy a Kit Kat. <laughs> I, I had a nice, nice walk around the river today. It was nice to be out oh. and about in the in the trees. It was, it was very pleasant. Yeah. Mm. Nice. I've started boxing with one of the guys in my gospel community. Whoa! And it's definitely less of a workout for him than it is for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm still sore from last week, and we're going today. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. Unreal. Yeah. Emily, uh, I went boxing once. With a guy, I, I was trying to read the Bible with him. He wasn't a Christian. Mm. He was interested in Christianity. And he was a kickboxer. And so I said, i tell you what, you read the Bible with me and I'll do a kickboxing workout with you. Okay. And so that was the deal. And he did this thing maybe half an hour in where he brought pads and stuff. But he said, all right, now what I want you to do is close your eyes and put your hands on your head. And I'm going to punch you in the stomach for 60 seconds. And if you close your eyes, you won't know when it's coming. And so you'll tense and you'll get really strong <gasps> core. I was like, oh. okay. And so I stood there and got punched for 60 seconds. And it was only on my way home I realised that may not be a thing. <laughs> he might have just done the best prank of all time and punched me for a full minute for no good reason. But I bought it. And you never found and out? I never saw him after that <laughs> session. Can someone who's listening to this please let us know in the comments, is this a thing? Because I really suspect that it's not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not 
I, my core is still not that strong, so didn't work. Because <laughs> as we all know, one workout is what makes the man. Did you ever read the Bible? Yeah, we did. Oh, okay. We did that first. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say he just punched was, you and then you never even Yeah, and I was nervous he wouldn't want to do it after we'd done kickboxing together. So. Oh. Yeah. There you well. go. There's a good story to pull out at different times, Dave. I didn't anticipate that. So you know what to be wary of, Em. If, if your yes. friend that you're boxing with makes a suggestion. You should try it. I dare to try it. Maybe I can try it on him and say, hey, I heard, I heard of this about technique. This drill. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, see if you can do that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I tried to receive his punches last week and I just crumbled onto the ground and was like, I'm sorry, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and then his wife was there and she's just like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just too tired. It was a, we're a hot mess, but we'll get there. We're going to be strong. We're going to be strong. Um... As Dave mentioned, we are going to talk about welcoming well, um, and we won't reiterate everything that we spoke about when we talked about small talk um, a couple of weeks ago, but I think keeping that in mind um, when welcoming well, I think the things that we talked about are being able to love people well by engaging in conversation mm. and engaging in that um, and being present, I think are all really helpful tips, but thinking specifically about welcoming people well into a Christian community, whether that is church on a Sundays, whether it is a small group, um, digital space is a huge one at the moment, which is, I think, mm. particularly difficult. Um, you can't go up to someone who's, who's new as mm. easily um, or even just someone that you, ha you don't know yet. Um, mm. It's a tricky one, but the reason that we want to welcome well and this is what drives the, the welcome team at Sudan Hill and the heart for our church and for um, our staff as we think about welcoming is recognizing that Christ has welcomed us into his family. And that is no small thing. Um, mm. In fact, that took obviously great sacrifice to be able to mm. welcome us well. And so same for us in welcoming people into the local expression of the body of Christ. What does it look like for someone to come into church for the first time? How do we welcome them well? Um, that might mean sacrificing chatting with your friends for 10 minutes so that you can welcome someone well. And so we want to talk about that a little bit. Um, this is something that Britt and I have spent a lot of time thinking about um, within our roles at Sudan Hill, but then also just over the last couple of years with Britt where she was before. And so let's chat about it. Like what, like how, how have you guys been welcomed well, maybe like what has been an experience that you have had where you've walked into a space either new or perhaps as a huge regular member, but you have felt incredibly welcomed in that time. I have a story, but it's a little self-indulgent. Okay. Well, we've actually talked about it before briefly. Um, but it was when I, I had got the job at City on a Hill, but mm. I didn't know, I knew the deacons because they were here and I was coming down to um, look, do research into where I might want to live. And Emily, we'd only met once before, um, mm. but we had discovered that we both very much loved Christmas. Um, and you said to me, you said, hey, um, don't fly back 
on Friday day, fly back, fly back on the Saturday, stay for the Friday night. We're going to be watching Home Alone 1 and 2. Um, and then, um, and you invited me to that. Um, mm. And there are a few other people there. And um, I was just so touched because, I mean, we won't go into too much because we've talked about it in the memory making episode. It ended up being disastrous. My sister missed her flight, sobbed on the floor. But um, <laughs> it's... But I just remember that being welcomed in um, and like you went out of your way. You didn't have to invite me to that, um, but you made it very clear that your door was open, your apartment was open and the people who were there that night were really kind to me um, and made a real effort to speak to me. Um, it was clear that I was the person in the room that they didn't know and they, and this sounds like such a small thing, but I've also had the opposite where I went to something once and I was the one there that no one knew and no one acknowledged me or acknowledged they didn't know me or like, and there's a point where I thought, aren't you wondering who I am? Like, in the, <laughs> we haven't met. And, yeah. And it, but whereas that night, there was a really obvious, like, hi, you're new, lovely to meet you. And they're mm. just really kind. Um, mm. Not excessively. We didn't sit there and, you know, interview me for 30 minutes. But um, <laughs> that's just a memory I have of being welcomed really well was that mm. particular night. Go on. One of the more awkward Work, welcoming experiences of my life was um, we went to a birth class, Lexi and I, at the hospital before our first kid and uh, there were probably 10 other couples there and they just did it so badly in terms of the social dynamic of the group because everyone's a bit nervous going into something like that, right? Mm. It's potentially traumatic and um, everyone is nervous. No one knows anyone. And so it was really interesting because I walked into this room of people I didn't know. All of us were nervous. And it kind of struck me straight away. This is probably a bit like what it's, what it's like to be new at a church mm. if you've never been to a church before. So I grew up in church. I can walk into most churches and feel pretty comfortable. I can't walk into a birth class for the first time and feel comfortable. Mm. And I think if you uh, walk into church for the very first time in your life, you, you are a long way from feeling comfortable. And so it was really interesting then to kind of observe what helped me feel comfortable mm. in such an unfamiliar, uncomfortable space. And, and I think the thing I realized most is it has nothing to do with the leaders of the, like the, there was a teacher in the class. I was expecting them to kind of be nice and welcoming and warm and they were, but that meant there was nothing riding on that being true. I was expecting them to say hi and stuff. I was most nervous about what the people sitting next to me thought about me mm. and whether they would accept me and make me part of the thing or whether they would exclude me. And that meant when I started talking to those people and started getting to know them, only then did I feel part of the community that we had built. But until then, it was super awkward. Mm. So of course the nurses and the midwives welcomed us, but that made no difference at all. The thing that made the difference was when I was part of the crew who were all at the same level together. And I think that's there's something in that for churches too, that of course someone from the front is going to say welcome to church, but that doesn't achieve anything. The thing that achieves something mm. is when someone in the seats sitting next to you makes you feel welcome. That's the act of welcoming there mm -hmm. rather than the thing that everyone's expecting anyway. So that was, yeah, not a great example of welcoming that I experienced, but, but an enlightening one because mm. I'm so, it's been so long since I was new at a church. I forgot more of time. Yeah. Often when I travel, I will go to churches that I don't know anyone. 
And part of me feels like a little bit, I feel a little bit sneaky because I am going for like recon, right? Like to understand how they do things and what can we learn from them and what do they do well? What are things that I can bring home? Things like that. And it's for that same reason, Dave. Like I haven't been new at a church for 10 years. And that's like, that's a really long time when I've only been an adult for 11 years, <laughs> you know? And so um, it's, it's really interesting to then be able to go into other contexts and seeing other people welcome well. And sometimes I walk away with like really excellent experiences where I, someone's like intentionally been like, Hey, like, I don't recognize you. It's great to meet you. And always feeling like really seen and being like, Oh, I actually think I could come back next week. I won't because I'm leaving Mm. tomorrow, but I could come back next week. And like, I'm fully convinced that that person would recognize me again. And then Mm. there are other times Mm. where I leave and I think that I could come back for the next three months and no one would know. Mm. And I think that's really sad. And I think that's really, I think the bigger the church, that the easier that is um, for that to happen. Yeah. And so I yep. think it's important that we, we say from right here, right now, we don't have this perfectly sorted at our church. Mm. Um, and that feels hard to say, <laughs> like, it, like it feels like confession almost, but it's something that um, I think is important for people to know and for us to recognize, like we're not naive to the challenges of welcoming well. Um, yeah. And I think for anyone, if you have been at a church for a really long time and you haven't been new for a while, I think taking a Sunday and going somewhere and experiencing that will be helpful. Um, Mm. Or if you go Mm. to a big enough church that has different services, just go to a different service. Like, you know, like for my 6pm welcomers, if they went to a nine o'clock service, there would be an element of newness because you just don't know everyone. And so I think... Yeah, learning from experiences that we've had, whether they're in a birthing class or a Christmas movie night or, you know, going to random churches for recon. I think there's a, there's something really valuable in recognizing mm. that. Mm. Um, something that I have been really challenged to think about recently and really graciously challenged, but challenged nonetheless, um, is inclusive and exclusive language Uh, gosh it's amazing what you can and can't do (laughs) with one or two few words um Mm. there's someone that's on here who was very graciously the other day was just like don't say that we are praying for you say we are praying for us and Mm. i just kind of walked away like someone slapped me in the head and was just like, think of, think of how you're communicating. Mm. Um, where have you guys had to shift language intentionally, like either lately or just like things that you've been learning? Like I know, Chiz, this has been a, a long thought for you. Yeah, hobby horse of mine, yep. I'll admit it. If you'll allow me to mount for a moment. Please. I, wrote, I wrote an essay on the word we when I was at college. Um, W-E. And 
<laughs> in case anyone. Wants. I like that you clarified that. Yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. Really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Just one e. W e e is saved for my stand-up comedy routine. <laughs> um, but just really interesting the way it works in so many different churches. Yeah. Um, I, I think we is a powerful word because it's a community building word. Mm -hmm. As soon as you use the word we, you've created a community of people who are doing something together or you're in something together. So we like this or we did this or we were there. That's a community that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. right? Uh, so that's a powerful and good thing. And if you say we, you're including people in the we. The accidental impact of that is you can also exclude people when you use we thoughtlessly. So when you say um, we to talk about, uh, so we are praying for you. That's a great example, mm. Emily. You're, you're telling, the question is, who is the we? Mm. Who, is, who is the we you're talking about? Because I think it, it's easy to think the we is the church, right? And that's probably how we use we the most, is we say, we as a church are praying for you. But as soon as you say that sentence, you've excluded the people you're praying for from the church that's praying for them. Mm. Does that make sense? So you've created an us and a them dynamic when you say, we, the church, are praying for you. You've said, well, you're not part of this. And so it's just really worth being careful how you use the word we, because every time you use it, if you use the word we to refer to something that the person you're talking to wasn't a part of, they immediately feel excluded from that. And sometimes that's appropriate. So I use we to refer to my marriage, right? We, Lexi and I, went, went to the park yesterday. You're expecting to be excluded from that we. But when you use we to refer to the church and the thing you're saying about the church doesn't include everyone in the room, that's mm. quite dangerous. So full disclosure, like I, if I'm going to throw a grenade out there, I think we do this at City on Hill all the time and I am the chief of sinners. This is how I noticed that we do it because I was doing it. I think the impact of it, in my experience, is we make it seem like the staff are the church. Mm. So we say we meaning the staff, but we never define the we as the staff. And so it, people think, well, the staff is the church. So it's all very complicated. It's super subtle too. It's never super obvious, mm. but language matters. And over time, if you keep using we wrong, people will keep feeling excluded, like they're not part of the in crowd or the, the inner sanctum of whatever it is you're doing. But that, that, I mean, just it's interesting. We're praying for you. What about... Um, I'm just making me think. You say, we welcome you, is a mm. we you kind of statement, mm. which is intended <laughs> to be inclusive, but it has the same effect. There's us who are in right. and you who are out, and we are welcoming you in. What would be, mm. what would be another way of saying that? Like the, um, just mm. help me, I'm not all that creative, but I just, when you, now you mention it, you mm. kind of think, oh. Maybe there's a number mm. of times we use we and you mm. that uh, inadvertently create that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You can't do it always, mm. but I think we underuse the word I. Okay. I think for whatever reason, we're nervous about saying I because we, it feels like, so if I, I do it all the time, I, I'll say we instead of I because then it feels like I'm not the only person to blame for whatever <laughs> I'm about to do or say. Right? I didn't come up with this. We came up with this. So yeah, if you don't like it, it wasn't I just me. responsibility. Right? Yeah. Mm. But actually, no, I welcome you. I'm really glad you're here. Mm. I'm praying for you. That's a fine thing to say. It, it's, it might be different to what you'd normally say, but it can be more true and more helpful. And there's other ways as well, but I reckon 
can you replace we with I? And that, that might be a helpful place to start. start. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I think even you with us. And I think that's something yeah. like as in... That's great. Like, yes, I am praying for you, the church. I am a part of that church also. So like I am praying mm. for us as a church that this would be true. That's great. Um, yeah. yeah. I think mm. another thing tied to this is um, just in terms of the subtlety of language, or maybe it's not even that subtle, is the assumed knowledge. So I'm thinking of a church context mm. of mm-hmm. the person who's speaking at the front. Absolutely. Um, saying things and then it's just assumed that everyone in the room knows what you're talking about is really mm. not welcoming for someone who yep. is new and has no idea what you're talking about. So for example, yeah. uh, if I may use just a very city on a hill example, sorry for those who don't attend, Sometimes we would say, hey... Which is so ironic that we're using an in-house <laughs> oh, example. I know, sorry. <laughs> but if we're gonna, yeah, but I think sorry, if go we're going to like kind of <laughs> dig at something, yeah. it should be um, ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's good. Yep. So the first week I ever came, I was a visitor. Um, at the end, they said, hey, everyone, we're heading to plantation after the service. I had no idea what the flip is plantation. <laughs> Where is it? What is it? How do I get there? Like, and mm. everyone kind of, I feel like around me was like, oh, okay, cool. But like, I didn't know, or like one that we're super, we're all here guilty of, we say GCs instead of gospel communities. But like, I came from a church that we don't call them gospel communities at that time. So I was like, what the flip is a GC? Um, And so I think even just in our making sure that um, the way that we speak to new people, both up the front and in conversation, Mm. we're not um, using a whole lot of assumed knowledge that immediately Mm. makes them feel like they're on the outer because Mm. there's stuff going on that they just don't know about yeah which is a really hard if i could take it if i could take it one step further Mm. there are times when we want to be exclusive with our language and one of those times is when you're not when you're talking to someone who's not a christian so i I think it's okay to say we would love to invite you Mm. to come to alpha and investigate the claims of jesus and that's the moment where you can talk about the whole church. Because the danger of being so inclusive with your language mm. is that people feel like they belong who shouldn't feel like that yet. And so that's probably less our problem. Mm. Like it's, it's as in it doesn't happen as frequently. But it's also true that if we're just talking to everyone as though they totally belong in exactly the same way, that could be tricky as well. Mm. It just strikes me that it, uh, therefore... Um, you need to be patient because one of the things that you know shorthand does is it um, speeds up communication. Like it, it, instead of having mm. to explain plantation as a cafe downstairs, you go down two escalators, mm. and it's on your on your right as you come off the second escalator. Mm. Uh, you know, to say that every time, it, you, you need to be patient, don't you? I think we revert mm. to um, acronyms and shorthand. Because just uh, it's efficient for us, mm. but if you have uh, people who may never have heard that in mind, you you just need to um, be noticing that in yourself and say, mm. no, what this might be a more efficient way to say that, but I choose not to do that mm-hmm. for the sake of the person there. It's actually a, an act of love uh, where mm. you, um, in a way, um, limit what you might normally naturally do for you know reasonable reasons even. Um, for the sake of them, yeah. Which is, I think, is a really hard thing to do. Mm. Um, mm. 
it's like, I totally hear what you're saying, Graham, but part of me is like, I don't have, you know, endless time at the end, especially like say at the end of the nine o'clock service in the, like in the old world, like you don't have the time nor people's attention Mm. to explain these things. Right. And so I think that is where welcoming well becomes a team sport. Mm, Like it's, it's, it's the person at the front. Absolutely. Like for them, it's like, let's get information out. I think this is where the one another of the people sitting next to you recognizing, hey, this person here, Brit, who I met in the, you know, in the three minutes of get to know your neighbor time, she mentioned that she doesn't, she's not from Melbourne. And so it means at the end of the service being like, hey, they mentioned plantation. Do you want me to take you? Or do you want me to at least like help you find it? Um, yeah. Like, I think yeah. it, it, we have to, it has to be a culture of, we're all in this together. Um, mm. If I'm sitting with Mike and Kate, who are two members of Sydney Hill who have been around for a long time, I don't need to explain to them where Plantation is. But if Brit's sister is visiting from Sydney and Brit's somewhere else, then it's up mm. to me as the person next to her to help her feel welcome. And then you could tell her where Brit is so she could bring some food. Mm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> From plantation Maybe we could actually just get Brit to bring us the food from Plantation and <laughs> throw right. a couple extra bucks. And so I, I think, think this what... is where welcoming becomes, it is not on one person. This is on mm. everyone in the room. Mm. Yeah. And I would say the biggest thing I've learned about welcoming over the years of thinking about this as a ministry is it's so <laughs> much a mindset um, in that I remember um, a dear friend of ours who was once my the coordinator of the youth group that I led at, who is an engineer who loves structures and processes, made the most beautiful welcoming flow chart you've ever seen. Um, and it was excellent. And don't get me wrong, the flow, it was like, it went from the moment a person yes. um, approaches the door and had this like full flow of all the scenarios and where they could go and what should happen and right down to like offer a high five. Um, which as we know is the youth group, the primary youth group greeting, um, which don't get me wrong, this was helpful a process like this, but underneath all of that is you need a mindset in that you need people who are, have a heart. Um, and we hope that this is all of us in church, um, a heart that, like you said at the beginning, M, we have been welcomed so well by our mm-hmm. God, um, who has told mm-hmm. us that, um, all may come. Um, and he, and so therefore I want people to experience that same love when they come into church. No, they are welcome here. Mm -hmm. They have a place here. Um, and so you've got to have a heart, like there's processes, but yeah, there's that heart where it's like, whoever I want everybody Mm. in this cinema today, Mm -hmm. we meet in the cinema, so for our church or whatever your church building Mm. to feel like they are loved, that they Mm -hmm. are seen, they're known, like, as we said, that they're included, that they're welcome and, um, and that's, I think, where you've got to start. So let's go with best case here, because I think, um, like thinking through uh, our unnamed friends, <laughs> <laughs> flow chart. Um, <laughs> oops. Um, like processes are all well and good, and I think they actually are incredibly valuable. They're and good for training. The amount they? of... Yeah. Oh, and the amount of hours I've spent with old mate engineer about processes and me just like dumping and him putting it there. It's very, very helpful. And I think, I think Britt, what you're saying is 
if the attitude and the, and the willingness is there to be like, I'm going to whack them well, like, so theologically they're, they're switched on and they, they get the value of welcoming. So say that's there. What are some tips of do's and don'ts to put on top of that? Because mm. like, I know people who have that mindset excellently, but they actually just don't have the tools in their tool belt to be able to mm. actively do that in their church, at their service, in their small group. Mm. And like, I think that that would be a really helpful thing for us to think through and things that we've mm. all thought about to death yeah. many, many times. As soon as we change something, we rethink this through. Is it a leader's day? Mm. How do we welcome leaders? Is it a church service? How do we welcome them? You know, like it's, it's a regular mm. conversation. So we're going we're gonna to look at three different areas and we're going to go through each one. Normally, we're not this structured in our podcasts. However, for the sake of being clear, I think we're going to do this for the back end. Consider it a flowchart of sorts. <laughs> if there's anything we've learned, they have value and this is great. So, is there a high five on this flowchart? We, uh, we can. Actually, no, we can't great. because COVID. So we can elbow bump. <laughs> um, <laughs> side note, I high-fived my housemate the other day we were outside and she was running and we were like crossing yeah. paths and we high-fived and then we got about 10 meters away from each other and turned around and we were like, oh, we're not allowed to do that. And then we remembered we can because we live together. It was a really, really strange moment. It was really, really strange. Um, but looking at first, small groups, gospel communities, Bible studies, whatever the name. What are some helpful do's and don'ts when it comes to welcoming people well into a mm. small group? My thought is the same for all three environments. Okay. Um, the first 20 seconds matter most. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's not to say the other minutes don't matter because you can spoil a first impression 10 minutes in, no problems. But <laughs> the first 20 seconds are when someone is confident that they're in the right place when they feel seen and noticed and they feel like this might be okay. Um, So if that's at a physical building, it's the person at the door giving them a big smile and making them feel like it's nice to see them. If it's a digital Zoom room, it's acknowledging the fact that they've just logged in, Mm. interrupting whatever's going on to say, hey, it's great to see Mm -hmm. you. But just the first 20 seconds, if you miss that, that's why people in (coughs) shock, you taught me this, Emily. That's why shop assistants always talk to you in the first 20 seconds because mm-hmm. they know if they miss that window, you feel out of place and it's game over for their sales. And so you want to do the same for your communities. Make the most of the first 20 seconds because straight away that will determine whether someone's heart rate is really high, mm-hmm. starts, starts to settle down a little bit about being there. I was going to make this really groundbreaking point about how research shows that the first 20 seconds is the most important. Wow. <laughs> Guys, I had it all prepared. Research. And then she's, she's oh. you said it. And I was like, I completely agree. It's a great point, And I agree. And that's mainly what I was going to contribute. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. You made the great point within 20 seconds. <laughs> Without any data to back it up. I, think... I don't know where my data came from. <laughs> I think uh, your brief mention of a smile is crucial. I think it does two things. A, a genuine smile um, helps them and uh, it helps the interaction. But I think it helps mm. you. Um, there's an old trick 
in golf when you're putting to be as you stand over a putt to smile because what it does really? it relaxes you it relaxes everything what the, wor the does, worst yeah. thing for good putting is that you're tense and so um an old trick is as you stand over the force yourself to smile actually do a smile and that physical act has physiological effect on your whole body um and i i suspect it's probably true you know we might be nervous in uh, meeting a new person uh, i think many people are um and this um actually smiling a genuine smile mm -hmm. really um, um helps the connection uh helps mm -hmm. you relax so you're not so tense about the interaction but also helps them relax it's a very mm. simple thing but um <laughs> so good it's good mm. Now, whenever I um, picture you guys playing golf, I'm just imagining you like smiling just benignly grinning. at your, <laughs> yeah, as you're true. putting. But I think you um, tapped into something really important there, Graham, in terms of you said, because you're nervous doing the welcoming mm. too. Mm. I think everybody, mm. yeah. like it is literally my job to be a welcomer. Um, and I, it makes me really nervous and it makes me really, um, yeah, I feel out of my comfort zone and I was saying this to someone the other day, I was like, I'm really shy. And they just laughed in my face and they're like, Brie, you're not shy. And I was like, but I get when I'm talking to new people, I said, I feel quite, um, yeah. I feel quite anxious and insecure. And they're like, yeah, you're not shy. Um, but I think it, it we all, yeah. I don't think this comes naturally or easily to many. Um, mm -hmm. And so people often think, well, if I don't feel comfortable doing welcoming, then I'm just, welcoming's not for me. I'm not good at it. I, sh you know, I shouldn't be doing it. I, mm. I'm just going to make a mess of it. Um, mm. And I think we just need to realize everybody feels that that's normal. That's okay. Yeah. Let's do it anyway. Yeah. Um, because we need to, as we said, that, that 20 seconds is crucial. How people feel when they come to things is crucial. Like what's that saying? People will not so much remember what you say to them, but how you made them feel. Um, mm. And maybe mm. in that first GC, that first Zoom meeting, they're probably maybe going to be so nervous. They're not going to remember exactly everything that was said, but they're going to remember how you made them feel when they walked into that room yep. or Mm -hmm. digitally join that room um, and so it's so important even if we're not feeling super comfortable we mm. put that aside and we try our very best yeah it's mm. yeah. Yeah. great what about you Emily you've thought more about welcoming than me and, and everyone else I know <laughs> yeah sure um, I think more of what I like I chat with welcomers about is what not to do <laughs> and then help and have that like fuel how they act and how they love and so I, I think not being afraid of being awkward is really key mm -hmm. so I always tell like I always tell my welcomers with that their t-shirt or their lanyard like that is your ticket in to any conversation with anyone <laughs> you know and so like if someone is on their phone it's not because they're actually doing anything most likely super important on their phone it's because they feel out of place and they, mm. they're, they're searching for connection and they can get that on Facebook because they might be new and not ready to chat with someone. And so always telling them, like, don't be afraid to absorb the awkward is really key. Mm. I think using your nervous energy is always helpful um, because nervous, there's something mm. warm about that. Mm. Like there's this like, there's, there's something warm about someone being like, I'm going to intentionally come and chat with you. And it might be about, mm. I don't know, 
the smoothie you're drinking or the fact that, yeah, it's kind of weird that we're in a cinema, isn't it? Ha ha ha. Like <laughs> better that we bring mm. it up and like absorb that and enter into it and just make them feel warm and welcome. And whenever I've talked to people at other churches about building welcoming teams, always, always, always have the team be as diverse as possible. Mm-hmm. Because at least when we structure our welcome teams, I want it to be a mini expression of what it is inside. And that means it's going to be men and women. It means it's going to be older people and younger people. It means that it's going to be introverts and extroverts. Everyone thinks you've got to be this massive extrovert to be a welcomer. But sometimes mm. it's the extroverts that scare away the introverts. <laughs> like they might need someone mm. to just kind of sidle up side of them and just have a like a really brief, hey, we're really, really glad you're here, chat with them. It's mm. um, great. Okay. Like if it matches what's inside, it makes it feel more genuine. Mm. Yeah. Otherwise, and- yeah. Can I ask in your wisdom, because you've done this a lot over the years and I've, mm. I've seen you in action. You're very good at it. <laughs> um, any, like we're just talking really practically. Yeah. How do you approach, let's, let's think about a physical gathering, maybe, um, mm. which I know is not immediately relevant right now. Although I guess this would work in a Zoom room. What do you ask? How do you go up to someone that you've never met? What do you say to them? If it's at... I think it is different in person. I don't think a lot of it translates to Zoom, if I'm being totally honest, which is a shame. Um, If it's at Hoyt's, always how are you going? Like, always offer that. Like, I think that just allows them to be honest and be like, yeah, actually, I'm not doing that great. Or it'll be like, I'm fine. And you kind of got to push a little bit harder. Um, Always asking how they are. Always offering how I am as well. (laughs) Even if they don't ask. Like somehow integrating into the answer because then it makes it two-way. If I'm just asking Mm. questions, then I get a lot of information about them and they don't know anything about me. And I think that not because it's about me, but you're wanting to build a relationship, not a 20-question answer sheet. Um, Figuring out a way to ask them if it's their first time without asking them if it's their first time. And so... Mm. For me, that often is like, hey, I, like, I don't think I recognize you. My name's Emily. Like, have you been to sit on a hill before? Because um, there's nothing, I think there's nothing worse than asking someone, hey, is this your first time? <laughs> and they've been there for three years. They just happen to be at a different service. And like, sometimes it's just mm. like contextually, like we have people that sit on a hill who, in my mind, are 9am's. That's just... They are 9 a.m.ers. And when they come to the 6, I'm so thrown. <laughs> um, but I think remembering that is really important because then I can always be like, hey, you're normally at the 9. How was your day? Like, I think that that kind of helps. Mm. Um, anything that you can answer, you should ask. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what did you have for lunch? What did you do this afternoon? How did you find a park in the city? Um, anything that's open that you are willing to answer yourself, even if they don't ask, is probably helpful. And then from there, you can keep going. Both. That's helpful. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. It's good. great. So good. I had, um, over the years, thinking about welcoming people to church, mm. the simple act of um, praying before you go into church, um, it's quite profound. Mm. 
So you pray about where you will sit or talk to the Lord about who you might meet. Um, mm. Just the, the kind of sense of a collaboration with God in what's going on. Uh, again, mm. to do with our own nervousness, right? It's not just... Mm. Um, if somebody's in church, it's because the Lord has drawn them. Uh, whether they're mm. a complete outsider or been there for years, the Lord has a purpose for them to be there. Mm. And mm. for us to uh, actually acknowledge that in some definite way before we walk yeah. into church or before you, um, in a way, before you meet with any group, um, mm. to just pray, dear Lord, uh, please uh, be with me as I interact. Show me who you would have me uh, talk to. Um, I mm. think that it, it, it sort of changes your mindset uh, yeah. from um, to, yes, I'm thinking about others as I go in, but uh, maybe even more importantly, and God is a player in what's about to go on. God's, mm. it's mm. not just me and them. It's not just up to me. God's doing mm. something um, that I'm sort of playing my part in. That, uh, it's interesting. So it's quite a profound little habit, I guess, it is what it mm. is, mm. Um, to bring it to the Lord in prayer before you go mm. to a gathering of some sort. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a book, Graham, that you have recommended to me that like, we've read through with our interns. Yes. Um, How to Walk called... into Church. How, How to, to walk, walk into church. Oh, I've and heard of this book. Really good. And I like I once upon a time was like, I'm going to write a book like this and I'm <laughs> going to write it like really contextually and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, life happens. And then I thought, why would I rewrite something that's already existing? Um, <laughs> that seems you would silly. You would write it in the way that only Emily could, Em. That's what oh, yeah, yeah. stop it. <laughs> what a treat for everyone because I write how I talk, which... <laughs> isn't just the best thing to read instead we have a podcast yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go which is that's, the perfect medium that's the perfect it's like medium. just like radio but without oh, i was like a book but without quality control sorry that that was not aimed at you em that was yeah and all of us together just you <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You, nice. Emily. Nice try. <laughs> uh, that's oh, good. Dear. I think oh, we have dear. stretched this as far as we are going to. Mm. <laughs> For the sake of quality, was... let's end this pretty soon. The good chat. Enjoyed it. it was really good chat. Good. Yeah. And yeah. honestly, I just can't wait to be in person and to do this again. Yeah. Like, mm. my Sundays feel... Mm significantly emptier hmm. not being hmm. able to walk around outside of Hoyts yeah. <laughs> or stand there until you know 40 minutes into the service and then someone joins us and just being like hey I'm really glad that you're here for the part hmm. that you get to be here for and I like I miss that um, hmm. and so I, this has been rejuvenating for my soul um, hmm. as I think about what's next for us as a church so thanks Thanks, pals. Mm. Pleasure. It's been good. Great. Britt, enjoy your lunch. Thank you. Hopefully your Uber driver didn't get lost. It's um, been delivered and I'm very excited to eat it. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good. Well, until we talk to you guys next time, keep trusting Jesus and wash your hands. See you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Unwelcome. 
thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.